everyone welcome to clearly unfiltered it's great to be back for another episode in this season which is all about the questions you have asked me and i'm going to be sharing with you my unfiltered uh, probably unsolicited thoughts about certain things and um i also want to <laughs> just mention again the inconsistency of this product um and in fact, a friend of mine said to me, don't like call it the most inconsistent podcast in the internet, call it sort of what it is. And that's that the podcast fits around your life, not that the podcast is your life. Um, and so that's a good way of looking at it, I think, because I think as many folk with um, some of the struggles I have around ADHD and other things um, and OCD, when we don't produce what we think people are expecting, um, it becomes really, really tough. Also, um, I realized something about the first episode in um, the season, and I wasn't very happy with it because I felt like it was so hard to put my thoughts down on, what, on how I actually feel about education and the education system. And I realized in some ways I overprepared um, for that episode. So I'm not going to take it down I'm not going to redo it. I might share some more thoughts at a later stage, but I kind of over-prepared and over-scripted. I thought too hard about the things I was going to say. So I'm going to try to stick true to my vision in this episode. And while I have, I think in my mind, prepared some thoughts, this is, this is pretty much a cold recording. I'm really just going to speak through my real authentic responses to this particular question. And I think it's a particular question that hits close to home for me. And so this is the question. Um, I love this person's given <laughs> it a title as well, which is Bailed Struggles, the Psychology of Concealing Invisible Illness. And so I want to say a couple of things first. I'm going to be speaking about this from my perspective and the veiled struggles I've had with invisible illness. Um, and I hope some of the principles can apply. Also, you've called it the psychology of concealing invisible illness, the fact that we need to hide that and the psychology behind that. Although I did major in psychology at university many, many years ago, I'm not a psychologist, nor do I understand the nuances of this field. So I'm not going to talk as if I am a psychologist or I understand psychology, although I've spent enough time with the therapist probably to, <laughs> to know a little bit. But um, I don't want to share advice from that point of view, and this is not about sharing advice anyway. So the question is, in your experience, do you think it's valid for individuals with invisible illnesses to feel ashamed and keep their diagnoses a secret? What are your thoughts on the psychology behind dealing with this decision, including the potential emotional challenges that arise from concealing the condition from others? This person says, I am currently hiding behind a pseudonym on Instagram to journal about my multiple sclerosis. Wow. There's so much in this. So I do not have experience with MS. Um, I don't know many people other than the person who posted this. Um, who have MS, 
I haven't engaged with folk in particular um, around their experience of MS. But I think I resonate with the question because of my struggles with, in particular, my recently, I'll say recently, but sort of in the last 18 months, my, my OCD diagnosis. Um, and then also understanding some of my other mental health struggles related to autism and ADHD and how that I have been forced in many ways to show up in a neurotypical world as a neurodiverse person, but never having words to put to my neurodivergence, which I now have. And so I kind of understand both sides of this. So let's take this question piece by piece. The first, first of all, the validity of people with invisible illnesses to feel ashamed and keep their diagnoses a secret. I think it is valid that you might feel that way, but I think it is wrong that society makes those of us with hidden illnesses to feel ashamed. I think it has more to do with society than with us as individuals. My encouragement is that it's a valid feeling. Don't invalidate your feeling. If you feel ashamed that you have to keep your diagnosis a secret, then that is a valid feeling because that is what you are experiencing. But that shame that you carry is not because of your illness and it's not because of you, I would say. Um, I would say that is a result of how society handles invisible illnesses or, inv or illnesses that they don't understand. And so I want to address that because I think that's a big piece of this is the question is why do we have to keep our diagnoses a secret? So if you have some kind of very visible illness or an illness that people know about or have empathy and compassion for folk having, which are also very valid, there, there's a whole lot of space that is often held for folk. Um, there's a whole lot of kind of grace that is given to people in work, in society, in engagement with others when an illness is something that people understand or something that people know well. I think the problem with invisible illnesses or illnesses that people don't understand or conditions that people don't understand is they will often judge harshly the way we show up in the world because of those things. Because the response from many people who do not experience these kinds of conditions or illnesses is it can't be that bad or just get over it or maybe even in a work context, like you're dropping the ball, you're not showing up. In friendships, it could often be, well, you know, you're not a very good friend Where when they don't actually understand what you're really going through. So they think you might be simply making excuses. I'll give you I'll give you an example of this. Over the years, I've had many friends, or my partner and I, Yolanda, have had many friends who don't understand our struggle with mental illness. So, for example, we will be invited to a social gathering. And as the social gathering gets closer, both of us feel this rising anxiety about being with people at that particular moment. We feel exposed. We feel we don't have the emotional energy to do that. And it's very difficult then to actually be able to verbalize that to folk because if someone doesn't understand 
the impact of my neurodivergence on my ability to engage with people, particularly um, in terms of my artistic traits. I find it very, very difficult to hold conversation and small talk in an environment where you're at someone's house for a for a for a meal or whatever it is, particularly if there are people there that you don't really know that well or don't feel super comfortable with. You're always guarding the way you speak. You're always wondering, is something I say going to offend someone? You're constantly thinking about what is my facial expression saying to people around me because I can often have a very bland facial expression or I can often look very grumpy even if even if I'm happy inside and having a good day. And I think, you know, you're, you're constantly, the, the amount of energy that it takes to manage those expectations, the expectations of neurotypical folk around how people should show up in the world. Um, and so often you will say to someone, you know, like, I just can't do it today, I just don't have the bandwidth, or I feel, I don't feel up to it. And and the and where the shame comes in is for many folk that's not even a valid sort of excuse or response to a particular situation. They don't understand. So I don't know what it's like to have MS, but I would say maybe there's a similar thing there in terms of how how tired one feels um, with MS and and the lack of energy you might have at some stages and feeling like you have to show up like normal because other people will think well. You're, you're not showing up in the world as you should. And so I think there is a problem with society and the way people see things. And I think particularly in workspaces, people need to grow their empathy muscles. <laughs> you know, leaders and CEOs, people in charge, managers, line managers, need to hold a whole lot more space for, for folk who are suffering from conditions and illnesses that might not necessarily be the norm, and and I think that would make a whole lot of difference to the shame that those of us feel around. You know, let me let me. If you have a stomach bug and you've been like throwing up the whole night, you're nauseous as heck. Then it's very easy to be able to say, "Flip, I can't be in at work today because I've been up all night, you know, throwing up, and I have." stomach cramps and I'm not able to get out of bed. People will be like, fine, I don't want what you got. Whatever it is, take the time you need. But if I have to say to someone, I am I'm feeling so dark right now, I can't get out of bed, people don't see that as 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 valid. They're like, well, just get over it. Just do it. And so I think there's that. And then the next part of the validity of of what you're feeling, although I feel it's not it's not right that society makes you feel that shame, but I also think when in the next part of your question you ask about the psychology behind dealing with the decision, like do I share what I'm going through with folks so that they understand better, or do I hold back because I'm scared of how they will respond? And I would say that there's no one right answer, and I think in many ways. That's really up to the individual, and I think it's up to the context. If there are some safe spaces in which you feel you are able to share your journey so that people understand and can support you, I think that's a good thing. I try and be as open as possible with a close circle of friends and 
um, my family about what I am going through and why I respond in certain ways that I do to the world around me because of my OCD um, and autism. So I'll give you an example. Like I'm on some really great meds for my OCD in particular, which also manages my levels of anxiety during the day, which is great. But the, those meds kind of nearer the end of the day wear off. And, and, and I have very little, you know, between that 4 p.m. and 6.30 p.m., like between end of the workday kind of time and supper time, I, I am on the edge. The smallest things out of place, like really, really bother me. And sometimes I respond in ways to those around me in ways that upon reflection just seem maybe harsh or uncalled for. And so I've had to speak to those who are with me during that time, particularly my family, to help them understand where I'm at. And I've had to learn to verbalize in a moment before having some kind of meltdown or explosion or whatever it is, I've had to be able to say to folk, like, I'm not in a good space at the moment. Um, this is what's going on. It's been a really tough day. I feel like my meds have, have worn off. I need to possibly take an anti-anxiety um, tablet, uh, which I have on hand in case I need them, or whatever it is, just to kind of relax and be able to show up in the world as I can. So I have chosen to share that with folk. I've also chosen on a public platform like this to share about my struggles because I think it gives an opportunity for others to sort of see themselves in my journey. And I'm hoping that it's an encouragement for some folk. And so I think in some ways, even sharing on a public platform like this is easier because I don't have to deal with how people are receiving this information. I put it out there, I speak about it, and it's out there. It's not a it's not a personal sort of engagement. I think where I am more guarded about sharing about my my struggles, my condition, my illness, my hidden illness or invisible illness is is when I don't really know folk and when it's not necessarily appropriate. Um, so there are probably a large number of people I engage with um, if I do speaking engagements and other things who would not know my particular struggles and I'm able to mask those really well in situations like that, although before and after engagements like that, I'm a wreck. I'm a mess. I'm very anxious beforehand. Afterwards, I'm emotionally drained. I think what I'm trying to say is that I believe we hold the agency and the power to share as much as we want to share in a particular situation. And we don't owe anyone anything. I saw an interesting thing on Instagram the other day, which really resonated with me and the struggles that I have. And that is, you know, someone said, and it, and it was a post about ADHD, but it fits in with my OCD and other things as well, and the, the mental health struggles that I have. And the post was, what a lot of people don't understand is that I can do difficult things easily. Difficult things are easy for me, but easy things are hard for me. Something that some people might find really, really difficult is standing up in front of 1,000, 2,000 people and sharing about, you know, something they've learned or whatever. It's like a TED Talk or something like that. For, for me, like something like that is easy. But phoning a plumber to come and fix a leaking tap in my house 
is a whole lot harder for me than some of what might be seen as difficult things. And so I think hiding one's hiding one's illness is valid. And I would say be open about your illness with people who are safe. And in a work situation, I would say possibly you need to figure out who that safe person is and have a good conversation with them about the realities of what you of what you face. I think there are emotional challenges, though, as we conceal our condition from others. And this was another part of the question that came. And I think those are things that we have to work through as well. We have to weigh up the costs. Personally, in my journey, the more widely I start sharing and speaking about who I am and how I struggle with some things, I think that has been freeing for me and has given me the chance and the opportunity, I believe, to show up more authentically in the world which is something that for many years was suppressed, particularly because, and I'm going to deal with this in another episode, but particularly because of the evangelical spaces in which I grew up, I really did live a kind of a double life. Um, And much of that was feeling that I needed to fit in rather than be authentic. And I think the more I'm able to speak about even the mental health side of things, what would possibly be veiled struggles the more I speak up about those and the more open I am about those and the more other people know about those, the more I feel a sense of freedom. But I think that that's a journey. I don't think that's a decision to like, at a point in time, say, I'm necessarily just going to come out with my struggles to everyone. I think it's a journey in which you must be safe at every point in that journey. So when you feel safe to share with people, then share. If you don't feel safe with people, you're under no obligation to share. So lastly, you end with this, and I actually follow your um, Instagram journal as you speak about your struggles with MS, and you say that you're currently hiding behind a pseudonym on Instagram to journal about your MS, and there's a sense this is a struggle for you, and that you want to be more open, and as I said, that's cool, be as open as you can when you can, but Having jumped onto your your Instagram account that talks about your MS journey, I think what's very powerful about that is not necessarily the fact that people must know who you are. I think you're using that platform, A, to share your own journey and as an outlet, it seems to me, but B, as an opportunity to help people understand the condition. And I don't think you must ever negate how powerful that can be for not only for you, but for other fellow sufferers of MS. For me, that has been following a number of accounts and um, YouTube channels or whatever that speak about neurodivergence and neurodiversity, both in terms of understanding my my youngest child who is autistic um, and also understanding my own autism, OCD and ADHD. And I find it very, very encouraging, even if those folk who are sharing are doing so anonymously. A lot of those things that folks share really, really resonate with me, make me feel seen, help me feel like I'm not alone in the world. Whether or not you decide to come out on your Instagram account as an MS sufferer, maybe you will keep that struggle veiled. I think that's fine. 
But I do also think that the work you're doing in terms of sharing your own journey is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I think the one thing you shared recently that really resonates with me, and I'm going to end with this because I think this could apply to folk who have mental illnesses that they're hiding or even real illnesses that they're hiding, things that aren't considered valid necessarily illnesses to have but are life sort of debilitating. Um, I'm going to paraphrase the post because I don't have it in front of me, but it's just something to the effect of when you can only give 30% and you are giving 30% that day, then actually you are giving 100%. So to all of those of you who are struggling with what this person called um, invisible illness, if you have a veiled struggle, I want to encourage you and say you're not alone. We're in this together. I think there's real power in pulling together as individuals who might not be facing the same veiled struggles but experience the same distress and emotional anxiety and anguish about it. So we're not alone. Thanks for listening. I hope you get something out of just this unfiltered uh, response to what I thought was a really insightful and and wonderful question. So thanks for asking. In the next episode, I'll be talking about a very interesting question that something I've actually wanted to talk about for a while. Someone asks this, with your shift away from mainstream expression of your faith, if you could put it like that, well, I might put it some other way, but you can put it like that and I'll deal with that in this question. Do you feel that you didn't actually do good or help young people come to faith in Jesus while you worked as a pastor. Wow, and I want to unpack that because I think that's something I hold a lot of guilt about and maybe a public unpacking of that guilt will be a good thing. (laughs) But maybe it'll also highlight how some of my expressions of faith have shifted. So I hope you join me for that. 